everybody. It's the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack, and we're on episode, I think, 77. Ooh, we're, 77, it's the eh? It's slow build to 100. Yeah, I don't have a... I, I, we're, we're in no man's land as far as sports. <laughs> I don't know many linemen. Sidney Crosby? Sidney Crosby, I guess. Is he 77? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I see. He might be 87, because that was the year he was born. I think he's 87. Yeah. There, there's a 77 in hockey that's of some sort of prominence. I see. I just can't think of who it might be. Pierre Turgeon, maybe? Hmm. Martin Brudeur was at the uh, the fights last night in Jersey. Was he? He was. Was he wearing his devil's gear? He wasn't wearing his devil's gear. Um, but Blues legend Martin, Martin Brodeur. Yeah, they did say on the broadcast that his jersey was in the Raptors. So. Oh, yeah. He was, he was quite the goalie. Yes. I remember him as a, a short-term front office man for the Blues. Yes. He was a short-term goalie for the Blues, he too. He was a short-term goalie for the Blues. For like, I mean, it literally was a week. Yeah, it wasn't very long. He had a shorter reign than Wayne Gretzky, as far as blues legends go. We'll do that. All right, I need more headphones, so I'm going to work on that. Mm. Um, yeah, we've we've been gone for a minute. We we have. The last time we recorded, I don't know if people remember, I went home that night and had 103 fever. Huh. I recorded an entire podcast with. That was your fever game. That was my fever game. Your flu game. I, I don't. Don't know what we talked about. Don't know who I insulted. Um, that is a good question. We talked about a bit of Trapped. Um, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy day because I, I remember I went home. We we left the, uh, what are we calling these studios that we have now? We need a good name for them. Oh, uh, this, is, this is my dining room. <laughs> that's not a good name. That's what I, that's, that is what I call it, actually. This is... But I went home and took my temperature and it was 103 and I was like, I guess I'll take some medicine and go to bed. Yeah, that'll do it. And uh, I've kind of been fighting it since then. Yeah, so I I, I don't have fever. Um, yeah, I, I've been I've been I've been pimp chimping all week or all month. I guess it's been because we we we're right now we we recorded last episode the day after a uh, a UFC pay per view, and we're keeping that uh, that up this month. Wow. Yeah, we should be more prolific. So I guess we'll uh, we'll be back in May after yeah. uh, after this is I mean, May. It's a good point. I don't know. Uh, there might be two pay per views in May. I I don't have it. You know, there's plenty of podcasts that only record once a month. There they there there is, and it bums they me. also put more effort into it than we do at production and stuff like that. But uh, they usually have a staff for that, which right. means that they have we don't have that either. We don't have either of those things. We don't even have a name for the studio. We don't even have enough headphone level for me. Do you have enough headphone? I have headphones. Okay, good. But uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a peek behind the curtains. Just in the since since we started doing this, my uh, my laptop has shut off twice. Interesting. So, uh, so any Mac pros out there? We we need uh we need Mac assistance. We do need Mac assistance. We're running that, into all sorts of weird issues with MacBooks. Send that into the the, the email at I don't know the email. It's the way of rock at gmail.com. That seemed uh, that seemed logical, but I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to misspeak there, so I let you took it. Let you know, you it's all good to our website at it's the way of rock.com. You you shut down your computer because of a problem. I know. Thanks. Let's see if we can figure that out. All right. Ah, I don't really need that this episode. 
I just have it because I feel like you look cooler when you're podcasting with a laptop right now. You do, even though no one can see us. Yes. We have our laptops out. So what what do we what do we do? You you were busy. I was busy outside of uh being sick. Went to see Corey Taylor the other night. You didn't have a fever when you went and saw Corey Taylor. No, I did not. Um, We drove. It was a nice road trip. We we drove like four hours to northern Illinois, possibly Iowa. I'm not really sure what state we are in. Um, An area known as the Quad Cities. Yes. I'm not sure really where we were in in relation to any of that. um, Which quad you were in? Which quad we were in. I think we were in East Moline, Illinois. So riddle me this: Compare Moline, Illinois, to Joliet, Illinois, which uh, um, Joliet. I remember being a very nice downtown. I don't want to. I don't want to say bad things about Moline. They, they were they were nice enough people they to were us. Nice enough people. Well, they, compare- they they had a lot of closed restaurants when we were wanting to get a quick bite to eat. I noticed that was. Yeah, because you 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 sent me two very uh, different. End of the spectrum. I, I really did. I we pulled into the venue, and as listeners of this podcast will know, we we frequent a venue down here in Illinois, also known as Pops, which has a bit of a a reputation around here. Yes, it's in an industrial area. It's kind of place where you've got your your rock and roll nightclub that's actually open twenty four hours, right next to warehouses that you know deal in mattresses and and things like that. Um, not a lot of life around pops and we pulled in this place and it kind of looked to be kind of the same kind of a, a thing, all gravel, you know, parking lot, um, a field in back that looked like it might be housing some dead bodies, just kind of a, a sketchy looking place. Turns out it's a, it's a big old warehouse type place. that has been converted much like the Truman in Kansas city, which you're familiar with. And I was afraid it was going to be. I was afraid, you know, because Corey Taylor's a draw. You know, we weren't seeing him in an amphitheater or anything like that, but he's still quite of a draw, quite a draw, especially in that area. That's that's a home home game for him. Yes. Um. So I was afraid we were going to be in a situation like in Joliet when we went to the Forge, a place that packs in way more people than they really should be at that venue, and that was that was my fear. But we got in there, and it's. It's like several warehouses put together, so it's it's enormous. Now, the weird thing about that is it's all shotgun. So you got the stage on one end and then like 500 feet of, of venue going back. So we kind of hung around by the soundboard, which was probably a little further back than soundboards normally are in venues like that. And so we didn't have the greatest position in the world, but we weren't even halfway back. I mean, that venue kept going back and back and back. And there was people sitting in tables way in back. I was just like, well, you guys can't see anything. I mean, they they had a couple TV screens set up, but they were just TVs. They weren't like screens. Yeah. So it, it was just, it was a weird venue, but it was a nice, it was spacious. So we weren't being, we weren't squeezed in, which is nice. Um, the sound was good. The getting in and out of was great. You know, staff was awesome. So I, I, I I do have good things to say about the venue. It was just it just looked sketchy as hell when we drove in. I see. Um, you know the show itself. Of course, when you get Corey Taylor, you're going to get Mrs. Corey Taylor's side project called the Cherry Bombs, and that we did. Yeah, they're always uh, they're always fun. I got to see <laughs> them in, in the fall. So, 
So you, you know, you sit through the cherry bombs and, you know, God bless them. Those ladies are doing their, their thing. They're trying. But after you see, you know, the first act or two, you're like, yeah, okay, let's, let's move on. Unless one of you guys knows how to play guitar or something. But, you know, they're, they're out there. They're giving it their all. The crowd seemed to like it. You know, Corey, I think, is obligated in some way to, to make sure that they get their, their performance time. And then he, he talks about them throughout his set. So, you know, keeping the peace at home, I guess, is what he's doing there. So I'm not going to blame him for that. Uh, Corey came out. And like I said, home field show for Corey, which was cool. We've never seen him. I guess you've, you saw him up in Wisconsin, which is yes, I saw yeah, him close enough. Um, yeah, he came, he came, came out swinging. And we saw Corey, I guess it's been about a year and a half now. And he did mostly solo stuff. He did the Stone Sour Hits. He mixed in, what, two Slipknot songs? He did, uh, I don't even know if... Before I Forget and Snuff. Uh, last year, when we saw me, it was Wait and Bleed and Snuff. Wait and Bleed. That's right. Yes. I don't know why I, I confuse those two. Um, yeah, now I'll talk about Wait and Bleed here in a minute. Well, this time, he, he came out with the, the, the main stuff off of the latest CMFT album. Yes. Um, Highway 666, Samantha's Gone, Black Eyes Blue. But then he stopped, and as you know, Corey has banter in between every song, which is cool because he's, he's very entertaining. And he was like, hey, I've got a new album coming out in September, CMF2. Got a new single coming out in two weeks. Who wants to hear it? And, you know, the crowd's like, ah, new, new music. Ah. But he, he played it anyway. It's called Beyond. Good song. So look for that. That comes out in two weeks, I believe he said. Mm. Um, and then after that, he's like, hey, how about another new song? And that one was called We Are The Rest. Mm. So two new singles from Corey Taylor's forthcoming album. Um, one of them, Beyond, is going to be out in two weeks. The album sounds like it's going to come out in September. So be on the lookout for that. We, we know Slipknot's going to do a little run here in the summer because you're going to see him. I am going to see them. In July. In July. Um. So they'll go out, they'll do their festival thing. I'm sure they've got some other dates. And Corey, this was like a little five-city run that Corey was doing. He said just kind of kind of a warm-up for what he's going to be doing when the album comes out. So Did he go to the other quad cities or was that the... Uh... <laughs> no, he went like Reading, Pennsylvania. It was like, I, I bought a poster and the, the dates on it are weird. It's like mm. Reading, Pennsylvania, the quad cities. I think Green Bay, Wisconsin was on there. Um, it was only like six dates. So that's that's why we went to this because we were like ah it's it's a few hours away and you know you don't you you don't get long Corey Taylor tours he never apparently comes to St Louis so um so yeah he did those two new songs they were they were received well then he went into song three the Stone Sour song they stopped again and he was like hey as you people may know I'm connected to a couple of different bands one of them being Slipknot which of course that got the crowd you know crazy. So then he uh, said last time they played in, the, in that venue, they didn't really play any Slipknot. So he said, we've overcorrected. So we've got some surprises for you tonight. So that's when he played Before I Forget. Um, then he followed that with Snuff. Then another Stone Sour song, Fabulous. Then Absolute Zero. Then Bother. Then Through Glass. So that, that gets you kind of to the, end of the, to, the, and to the end of the night. That's when he stopped again. He broke out the, hey, here's another surprise. And they sang Duality, which actually was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. 
that got the crowd crazy. You know, you know, Slipknot fans are. The, yes, they. Uh, and they they were jumping and and doing their thing. They like Slipknot. <laughs> so that's when they go off. They come back for the encore. That's when they do Wait and Bleed. Which when we saw them, he did that early in the show. But that's when we talked about this a little while ago in the car. I guess there was some sort of article or something that claimed that he hated that song and hated playing it and, and didn't want any part of it. He addressed that and he was like, no, that's all BS. I don't know who said that. I don't know why they say that. You know, they say stuff for clickbait and it's not, it's not true. I love playing the song. And then they went into it. So then they come out of that with uh, surprise number four, which was a cover of Motorhead's Ace of Spades. Ah, so that was kind of cool. Wasn't expecting that at all. No. They had to, you remember when we saw him in Kansas City and they introduced that bass player and he kind of made a joke that they found him on Craigslist? Uh, maybe. Yeah, he was he was like a replacement bass player. Well, he, it's the same guy and he, he does the same bit. <laughs> so so that kid, you know, started off Ace of Spades and, and Corey sings that to, to great acclaim from the audience. And then they finish up with the uh, CMFT must be stopped. So. Yeah, without Tech Nine. Without Tech Nine. With the cherry bombs. Ah, yes, they uh, they do bring them out. The cherry bombs have that like uh, sparks machine gun. They, they did have the sparks machine gun thing. Where they? The funny thing about that was the way this venue is situated. The tour buses are actually in front of the venue, sitting basically on the main road. So as you are walking back and forth around the parking lot, you're 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 walking by them quite a bit. And the cherry bombs trailer was open, and they had all their their propane or their fuel or whatever they, they use to, for their flamethrowers and stuff. And funny. Um, we, we walked over to a nearby place to get a, a bite to eat. And as we were walking back, a couple of them were out there in their trailer and their little cherry bombs outfits, you know, going through their suitcases and stuff. I was like, yeah, people, people don't know the, the glamorous life of the opening band. Yes. That's uh, they're, they're living a fun, fun couple weeks there. Yeah, you do. You do a lot of stuff in your bus, and a lot of stuff in a trailer, and a lot of stuff in a, a you know, cramped pipe and drape back room, and yeah, it's 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 not all living at the Ritz when you're when you're the opening band. But yeah, great show. Corey Taylor is a, a really good entertainer. I mean, Slipknot, Slipknot. You know, they've got the the fifteen people on stage and all the production and the sound and the lights and video wall and all that that you know you're going to get a show out of a, a slipknot show yes um you know Corey on his own he's he's doing a lot of heavy lifting because his band is they're, they're a crack band they're awesome but they're they're just the band you know um so cory has got his his jokes he messes with the crowd he he does his thing even the slipknot songs they're they're not quite as filled out as they would be at a slipknot show because again they you don't have all the the percussion and whatnot that you'd have at a slipknot show but you know, those guys, they can play it. So they can. What I, I, because I saw before we saw Corey Taylor, I saw Stone Sour a couple years ago, and you could notice like there is a difference between the way that Corey is with Slipknot, where he's kind of playing the character that is right. Slipknot, whereas with Stone Sour, he's kind of he he he's Corey Taylor, and he and, and there and it's a it was weird then, um, before he even ventured out to do this. So whenever we we saw this, I kind of knew what to expect and. Right. Yeah. He. It's. It is. It is a, a big difference between the two because. He, it is, and and I'd go. You know, I know there's videos out there of Corey just out there by himself with an acoustic guitar. I'd go to that in a heartbeat. Yeah. No, that would be a good show. 
That'd be that'd be a good one. I don't have anything else. I was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> All right, that has been the way of rock <laughs> podcast. I was, I was gonna. I was gonna add to the Corey Taylor uh, uh, flowers that we were giving him, but I ran out of flowers to give. Well, Did I you? love the fact too that, and he even pointed out in his show, he's like, "There's five guys up here playing 100% live rock and roll." It's like we don't have backing tracks. We don't have elements. You know, I don't have a laptop up here. If if someone forgot their laptop, I can still come out here and play. He's like, "I'm not gonna." I'm not going to, you know, say anything about bands that do that. And I was like, well, I will, (laughs) but, but he's like, I, you know, this, this is us playing music. If it's not perfect, it's not perfect. If my voice cracks, my voice cracks. If I hit a wrong note, so be it. And man, I wish more bands had that, that attitude. Yeah. Uh, it would, it would be, I don't know if refreshing is the right word because I, I, I don't know if it's as big of an issue as it sometimes feels like whenever you, you see, I can't remember what band forgot their laptop, but it was um, some band that I've never heard of, but <laughs> wait, they couldn't perform without their laptop, which was comical to me. Yeah. That would, uh, that would upset. I don't know. Maybe plug in a guitar. That would upset Wolfie Van Halen. Yeah. Another guy that plays live. And I don't know. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode as my fever dream comes back to me, but that was, we, we talked a little bit about the Motley Crue lawsuit. Ah, uh, yes. And the fact that Motley Crue may or may not be playing 100% live, which I, I don't see how they possibly can be, but whatever. I don't know the details. But we talked a little bit about the fact that th- those guys are capable musicians. They can do it. Well, some of them. <laughs> some better than others. I mean, there is not everybody is Wolfie Van Halen. There is a, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if you were... Speaking broad stroke or about uh about just broad strokes. Okay, I, was, I thought you were talking about Motley Crue still, and I was no, just there, broad strokes. There is a huge glaring hole in uh Motley Crue being all natural out there. Yeah, but still I'm not going to point any directions or point any point any. We 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 direction. we know Tommy's a fine drummer. Nikki's a capable bass player. I mean, it's not like he's uh, puts on a bass and is like I I don't know what to do. He he knows enough. Motley Crue songs aren't you know they're not uh dream theater songs. And, and, I, and to play devil's advocate, I don't know what the uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily know what is being alleged or what the lawsuit says. Well, the lawsuit is saying that they're one hundred percent recorded. I feel like that might be exaggerated. I think it probably is. Lawsuits usually are. I don't know if you've ever bought a say like a toothpaste, <laughs> where they where I I a hundred percent is hard to take seriously whenever it's. Uh, I agree. No, but I'm sure it's probably 100% of Vince's vocals. I'd have I, to say, well, even then, like from what I've heard, if they're doing 100% recording of Vince's vocals, they, they, they should do a little better job. Yeah, sure. But just across the board, bands that are doing this, you have to think that they do have the ability to play. Yes. I mean, by and large. I'm sure there's some guys out there, you know, Sid Vicious famously didn't know what in the world he was doing with his bass, and they just didn't plug it in. But by and large, you have to think that these musicians can play. So is it laziness? Is it just they're trying to get that studio sound and they can't take, you know, six more musicians on stage with them? It might also be that uh, just kind of the the negative nature of kind of what Corey was saying, where if, if one of us messes up, it's we're doing what we're doing. But you and I think rock fans as by and large kind of get that like if you're if you're watching 
no one would ever watch Sinister Gates play the wrong note and be like, ah, oh, bozo. Right. Uh, but I think there is a carryover from all the people. Like, I think the people that go to pop and country shows, I don't think they, I, I, I don't think, and not to, not to be mean, but I don't think they quite understand what music, like what's happening. I know, I, I know what you're saying. They, they, they don't get it. And they, they're just like, oh, noises. They I think like everything's a, a video. Yeah, and so I, I, I think there's probably a bit of just trying to get ahead of any of that just kind of nonsensical neg- negative criticism that that's going to come back to them regardless. Yeah. So, because you, you have, you know, the talking heads like us who are like, oh, it's terrible when bands use recordings. But I think most of the time when a band is i i i don't know i don't think i like i said i don't think it's as big as a deal as it may seem i think most things are like that where it feels like oh one band forgot his laptop so every modern rock band is doing this but uh i can't tell you how many shows i've been to over the years where the singer maybe messed up a verse and sang it out of order or there's a on the this is it's actually my favorite on the I I'm a big as he, Devin Townsend has a bunch of live albums and one of them that I I quite like on one of the songs he messes up the lyric and you can even hear even he says he says the lyric and he goes that's not right and then he says he goes back into the verse and he's like there it is and and he acknowledges that he messes up kind of like because I think as maybe on the live album where you're listening to it over and over again you'll notice but no one at Royal Albert Hall was like, wait a minute, that was the wrong lyric. Right. Until he said it. And so And you know, it it happens. It's part of a live show. And yeah, I, no, I, I, I think it, there probably is that influence from pop and country where they feel like they do have to be perfect because, you know, none of those pop stars are doing anything live. Yeah. I, I think it's I don't know what goes on in the country world, but I will just say I, I think it's one there it's a thing that I th- I think it's something that for a lot of acts is is simply just a convenience thing. Like you said, they can't bring six other musicians right. out. And and I do kind of get and, that. And like I, if you're a three piece band and your guitar player recorded, you know, six different parts for a song or two or whatever, you know, whatever it is, you can't you gotta be able to duplicate that, at least get close. Yeah. You can't go totally stripped down just because you have one guitar player and and I and I think there's a there's an element where, again, the talking heads like us that are just sitting on, w- holding microphones, where it's easy to be like, oh, it's so evil when bands do this. And I and I think a lot of times it's more for financial reasons or, or convenience reasons right. or all these other right. things that aren't inherently uh, evil. But then, like, you have someone like Wolfie, who you know, again, he uh, Wolfie's not evil, and but then he sees it and he's like, "I wish bands would do this." And then you would be a, funny if Wolfie was evil. It would be funny if Wolfie was evil. He's got an evil name. He might as well does. lean into that. He doesn't look evil. Sorry, Wolf. <laughs> he does not. You look the doesn't, opposite of evil. Doesn't look the least bit intimidating. Looks like the nicest guy in the world. Unless you make fun of him on Twitter, you'll get. Oh yeah, he will. He'll call you a grape. I don't know why that's funny, but so I don't know how we're doing on time or. Oh, what. we've got all the time in the world. Well, well, I figured we weren't running short on it, um, but I figured you would like to, given how you just saw Greg Puchado, um, on stage. Yes. A little bit, um, shortly after we recorded that, um, he he apparently got hooked up with a with a different 
new group. It looks like uh, they're a super group of sorts called Better Lovers. And they released a single the other, uh, I guess, probably half a month to a month ago called 30 Under 13. And I told this to you whenever I first sent it to you. This is very Dillinger Escape Plan-esque. It's not uh, quite the, the, the Greg Puchato that you just saw. Right or or the the uh, the the albums that he had been releasing is this is a very heavy intense song, um, but I thought it would I, I I was interested in kind of because I know you you're not too familiar with Dillinger, um, kind of just seeing what you just saw a month ago compared to <laughs> this song here and and the starch difference between the two. No, I dug it. Um, I liked how it went back and forth between the you know the screaming and and the actual singing. And knowing how this man sings, you know, I, I, I do look forward to actually just hearing him sing. Who, who else is in this band? Do we know? Um, I would have to go look. Because it's not telling us on the, on no the one, Apple Music. No one's super, uh, like, the, the, only other, the only other band that I had heard of when I was looking at it was they had a member that was in the, um, I'm not going to find it anywhere now. They had one guy that came over from Fit for an Autopsy. Um, maybe these are... Yeah, so they, uh, there's just a couple guys that aren't f- from band. So, uh, yeah, it, it's guys that are in the, in the industry that I hadn't heard of before. Will Putney um, from Fit for an Autopsy is the only one that I think comes from a band that I was familiar with. This... Uh, yeah, just looking through their Instagrams. You have um, Clayton Holyoke, Jordan Buckley, Stephen Mitchish, and Will Putney behind uh, behind Greg there. So, like I said, I, I, whenever I, I noticed whenever I first saw it that I didn't recognize anyone besides besides Greg. But yeah, I mean, it's a it, that, the song rips. Um, they they already have a few tour dates out with. Uh, they're going on a summer tour with the Ghost Inside and Under Oath, um, nowhere near here, of course. Uh, and then they're running over to like the UK. Uh, this looks like it's a um, a headlining tour, so they got a couple things going on. Um, always happy to see guy like w- w- after, especially after Dillinger broke up a couple years ago. Uh, a guy like Greg Pachado who just wants to make music nonstop. It's good to see whenever they keep making more bands to make more music. So, yeah, those are the guys. They're 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 workers. They're workers. Yeah, and I and um, you know, I, to my understanding, all of his solo stuff, maybe outside of the drums, I I, I always forget about that. Um, but he does the guitar and the whatnot for all that. And uh, yeah, it's interesting talking about Greg Pachado today because before I came over, I was listening to the latest Joe Rogan. Who has Polly Shore on? I don't know if you're familiar with Polly Shore. That sounds familiar. He he was a comedian. He is a comedian, but he had his heyday kind of in the early '90s. Um, his family owns the or owned the comedy store in in Los Angeles. Okay. His mom's Mitzi Shore. I'm sure you've heard that name. But he worked at MTV in the '90s, and he was talking about Alice Alice in Chains and how they were his favorite band of that era. And they got into talking about with Lane Staley passing, William Duvall taking over, and they 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 were playing some Alice in Chains, they were playing some Lane Alice, they were playing some uh, 
some some William Duvall Alice and giving William Duvall his his accolades for how good he sounds in the band. And I don't know if either of them really understand like like people who really dig Alice in Chains how much we've talked about this how much Jerry does with the vocals as well. But it just got me thinking about wow, you know, as great as we talked about this last time when we talked about the Jerry Cantrell show, as great as William Duvall is at those Alice in Chains songs, Greg Pichotto just knocks those things out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was in and one thing um that I've kind of always thought especially on that uh that Mirror Cell album is there's a few songs that just the way that they go are very reminiscent of like one of those I don't know if I can come up with one off the top of my head, but one of those kind of like not really aesthetically pleasing, just kind of kick you in the face Soundgarden songs where yeah. it kind of sounds messy and right, right, right. kind of screaming at you. There's a few songs where he really, like he has a voice that's really similar to Chris's and I'd like to see him. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, and Soundgarden, those were always my favorite Soundgarden songs too. Yeah. Like Black Hole Sun is great, but stuff like Mind Riot, you know, you know just the the crazy like what is going on? You know, Kim Thale is just playing crazy notes on his guitar and Chris is screaming and you know, the, those, those are my favorite Soundgarden songs. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, it was like in, like we said about that show for a lot of the show, you couldn't really tell, like, especially during the Jerry Cantrell songs, there's not a lot that Greg was doing. He's just kind of performing background vocals, but yeah, when they got into like when, even whenever they did them bones and he was just doing the, the ah right uh, yeah he's he's a he's a he's a special talent it's cool to see him especially releasing more heavy music um i thought i i didn't get into dillinger until it was well too late and looking kind of back at it now that it's less recent it doesn't look like that's one of those things that might come back it looked like there's a few deeper issues than uh just guys that didn't want to play the same music anymore so and he, he he has a similar path as uh say Frankie Perez with with Apocalyptica. He's yeah. not not a household name on his own. Not a household name with with either of those bands either probably. But but he has found a kind of a a little, you know, part-time job if you will, just singing for these people that need a singer at certain times. Yeah. Like Apocalyptica, oh, oh, they only need a singer for half a dozen songs. But, you know, they bring him on tour. He comes out. He... They need a drummer for one bridge. <laughs> they do. And so. Don't worry. Frankie's got it under control. <laughs> and he, he sounds, you know, he's amazing at that. And boy, that, that got me thinking too about the other night when we saw Corey. I wish he would work I'm Not Jesus into yeah. his solo shows. I know he didn't write that song. He probably has no connection other than, you know, he sang it. But man, he sang it well. He does sing it well. Um, and like I said, Sam Sonia did uh, I Don't Care. Adam's always kind of kept that one in his rotation. Yeah. So it would be cool to, it would be cool to see Corey do that. Well, well there's a great video. I'd have to go look for it because um, I don't have the shortcut that I made for it. There's one video that Adam posted on his Instagram during COVID, like early, like May of 2020 maybe. And he's just in his little basement in his Canadian house, wherever he resides with his acoustic guitar. And he just did a, acoustic I don't care by himself just in nice. his basement. I wonder if he wrote that. I've never looked that up. I think. I know we did the deep dive on I'm Not Jesus, and that was just two songwriters. Um, but yeah, he might, he might have a, a, you know, more of a connection to that song than Corey does with I'm Not Jesus. Yeah. Um, I don't think if there's any other 
uh, apocalyptic singers that you find running around by themselves. Because um, I don't think you're going to get Lacey to play the Lacey song. <laughs> Probably or, not. You're not going to get. You're not getting Shine Down to do the uh, the Brent song. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of Shine Down, they're uh, you know coming back again this summer as they do. They are, and that's a pretty. I can't remember the middle band on that, but Spirit Box is there. And they Spirit are. Box is worth seeing. And uh, yeah, I, I hadn't had a chance to talk to you about to gauge your interest, but. I just, that came and went the other day, and I was like, eh. Yeah, well, I, Spirit Box posted something teasing it. Yeah. And I think the teaser was very shine down themed. So most people kind of were able to deduct that they were, Spirit Box was going, on, or going out on a, with Shine Down. There's a couple shows that just got announced. There's, um, or a couple tours, I guess. There is that one before. I don't know if we talked about the fact that we have Avenged Sevenfold tickets. We do. No, we, I was going to actually preview our, our summer of live music because with all the shows that we do have on the schedule, there's been a couple of the, that have been announced that under normal circumstances we'd jump on that we've just kind of shrugged. Yeah, there's. Um, I'm trying to think of the the short list of ones that I wanted to go to. Whitechapel is going to be in town next Friday that I um, I'm pondering uh, at the red flag, just running up there by myself. I don't want to go to the red flag because it's so far away, but that's out there. Then there's another one. I want to go see Hawken in, uh, in Lawrence. That's going to be, I think, June 1st, maybe July. I think it's June 1st. There's a third one that's uh, slipping me now, which is bummer. Oh, uh, Between the Buried and Me's coming with Rivers of Nile. And thank you, scientists, who, due to that tour being announced I've gone down the thank you scientist rabbit hole, so now I really want to go to that show. Um, so that's a couple. That's that's what's going on in Prague. Uh, <laughs> well, we've got you know for our big headlining shows this summer, we've we've got the Godsmack coming to town. Yes, we've got Avenged Sevenfold coming to town, which we've been waiting for for what ten years now. Uh, twelve. I don't think they've been here since then. No, they haven't, and that's been a great issue that i've had yeah okay. it's it's yeah and not that they've been doing a lot in the last 12 years but um yeah they certainly haven't been coming to to our town so we got tickets for that um which is funny because the last time you saw them was the first time you saw ghost yeah and now i have a ghost tattoo you do and now ghost is playing that same amphitheater headlining crazy yeah and we just kind of like eh yeah, I w- I'm I'm considering that ghost show more because I want to see Amon Marth than I want to see Ghost. I'm not and, against, and I can be talked into going. I just that last Ghost show really left me with a. Uh, yeah, it, what's and what's funny about that is the people that we went with that hadn't seen Ghost before have not stopped talking about how that was one of the best shows they've right. ever seen. But you and I, we you know we've seen pro- that that show at the Peabody. I know we always talk about those Meliora shows at yeah. um at the pageant at the pageant, but that show at the Peabody. Where they went sans opener, two right, sets. Right, and that's, they, that's, that's when we 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 got the Goulettes for the first time. It was before uh, Prequel came out, but they played a few songs off that album. Right, it, that was a, that was an, that was one of the best ghost shows. And, no, that was a great show. And, and I, I mean, talking about a band that I'm I'm not convinced plays live at all. <laughs> maybe not anymore. But you know they 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 have a great stage presence. You know the the older ghost songs are awesome. Tobias is he's he's a fun front man front man you know even if some of the the song choices in the last few years have been a little unfortunate you know he's he's funny he's got jokes yeah the one the I don't know if it would have made that big of a difference I wish they would have uh, kept 
the previous nameless ghoul outfit. I don't care what to- Tobias wears, but right. whatever, whatever weird. I agree. Thing the, the weird, yeah, the thing they have now is kind of strange. Whereas those, just the the black overcoat with the crow mask, is right. one of the coolest looks you'll find out of a band. I agree. Yeah, and and they could, you know, they don't need to do the Metallica cover. They, they're 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 songs that they added now, to the set that I was I just. Like why? Well, no, it was it was a poorly written set list, which we took issue with walking out. Um, the one thing that I do think is going to be funny is as Ghost has gone mainstream, and we may have talked about this, and they're playing a big bigger venue, yet they're still, you know, maybe they're going the opposite direction. Where when you saw them at the pageant, they'd bring out, I you know, one year was Carpenter Brute, who's just like a DJ, then the other year is a person who's kind of that. Led Zeppelin themed, whatever. Right now that they have the biggest eyes that they're ever going to have on them, they're bringing out Swedish Viking meddlers. A that is interesting. So yeah, all the all the new thirteen, fourteen year old girls that are into Ghost now are going to be frightened. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, a Monomarth to scare all them off. That is kind of that, funny. That a, that does make me actually want to go. That's a show where you wear the uh, you uh, I would the most appropriate shirt be like my Death Angel cut off because it's Viking metal. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're missing Death Angel tonight. We are, and had had we thought about that a little bit more, I would have probably tried to work that in. But Pops posted it today, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's today. And like immediately, I was like, I would love to see Death Angel. I have no interest in taking any of the steps required <laughs> to go see Death Angel. Come on, Death Angel. Play Mid-Missouri instead of uh, Pops. Yeah. Play the play the uh, the Blue Note. I would have gone to the Blue Note. So, yeah, we're, we, we didn't get the ghost tickets. We might still. We got. There's, we just got a Guns and Roses. We, yeah, I was gonna say I got. I got. I got swayed the other day. Um, victim of marketing. I was a victim of marketing. I. I had held off on Guns and Roses because I'm just not big on stadium shows. Yes. We, we did their last stadium show just because they were united. I may never get to see this again. That was seven years ago. Yeah, now this this yeah. reunion's been going on for a while. It also wasn't a stadium for whatever that's worth. It was. It was the football stadium. It's a bigger stadium than where they're going to play this summer. Okay, hold on. Let me. I'll I'll retract my previous statement, but then I'll also <laughs> amend it. I think there is a noticeable difference between a football stadium that's indoors and a baseball diamond. Whenever I just associate stadium with baseball field, which which just do it being a the shape of a baseball stadium doesn't lend itself to shows. Whereas I think even if it's a, the, the size of a stadium. That's an arena that's just bigger. Where it, you know what I'm saying? Where I I do. It's I, an arena show. It's, 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 it's semantics. There. Well, no. I was just. I I think the difference of what makes a stadium show suck is the dimensions of a baseball stadium. Oh, see, I think it's the the size and the the well, outdoors and the. Well, yeah, but even the dome. The fact that even if you get good seats, you're going to be six thousand feet from the stage. The, the dome is indoors, and it's. You know, I'm just saying that's a rectangle where y- yeah. you're working with a rectangle. As a stadium, you have to figure out how that goes together yeah yeah you know, look at the diagram you, you won't be disturbed well, I, I i'm just pointing out that i think that the show at the america center was it might have been big but it was fine compared to you go see a show at bush stadium and you're at bush stadium see, my point is though in those big shows stadiums football stadiums whatever it, unless you're like right there by the stage, you just you're watching it on a giant screen. Yes, and I'm uh, like, well, at that point, I can sit home and watch it on my own giant screen, and you know, pick songs as I wish. Your points are valid. I just, but I don't know. I got to thinking after after I heard the interview with Richard Fortas the other night. I was like, you know what? I'm going to regret not going. 
Yeah, so I'm kinda, I came home and pulled the trigger on the tickets. As as vocal as I've been about an, another specific big show, I, that is something that I've been uh, thinking of. Like in six years, I'm like, man, I should have saw Metallica when they were right, there. right. And we actually remember the last time when they played Bush Stadium, and we were at Rockfest the night before, and we were like, we should go back and go to Metallica tomorrow night because that's when they were at Bush Stadium. They were at Bush Stadium with um, Volbeat. Volbeat, exactly. And that probably would have been fun. Well, the idea that I had was that uh. Even if we don't get tickets, go hang out outside like Ballpark Village, right? And um, see, you know, maybe maybe they they have it on the screens or something like and, that. I don't know. And that's where I think a show at Bush Stadium is cooler than the Dome because you're outdoors. You've got the that whole neighborhood right around the stadium where you can do like what you were saying. You know, you you could hear the show. You could, you know, just hang out, whatever, do whatever. Um, the Dome is up there. You know hood adjacent there's nothing around it there's there's no going outside of it and doing anything it's not a it's not a cool place no and so and that's where metallica is playing this this fall um that takes me back to like 20 years ago they headlined the dome and you know who opened for them Uh, lincoln park lincoln park the one chance we've ever had to see lincoln park or we couldn't pull it off that's yeah well the other thing that is really bucking me about the idea of going to see uh metallica well metallica does a few things that just trigger me their their center stage thing bothers me um the the thing that they're doing on this tour where they're playing two nights in every city with different set lists every night bothers me because that just kind of inherently means that if you only go to one you're going to miss something that you want to see i'm sure Um, they're going to repeat their big ones and maybe and i do think there's Having to, uh, when you do that, you incentivize people going to both shows, both nights, which ruins the purpose of having two nights, in my opinion. That uh, that feel like whenever a, a band does their four night run in L.A., the point is some people will go this night, and then other people when we'll just do the same show all four nights. Right, right. But whenever you do different shows, and it's like, well, now I have to go to both of them, and so now you're just doing the same show or the, a different show with the same people, which I think is counterproductive. Um. I don't know. I saw Metallica through the Never on Netflix in like 2015. That seems good enough. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'll see them one day <laughs> when they're when they're even older. But I'm I saw this bothered me. I someone was going to see Metallica recently. I think I just saw this on Twitter, and they like posted a tweet or something that was like wearing Megadeth to the Metallica show or something. And I was like, yeah, so are a thousand other people. I was like, you, you didn't cre- you're, you're not the original one. <laughs> right. You're actually the least original one in the room. You know, if you were cool, you'd wear a Death Angel shirt. <laughs> See how many people, if you were cool, you'd wear a Testament shirt. Oh, yo, they had a, they're kind of loosely related to Megadeth. And I think Megadeth's a better big four band, so I'm going to wear the Megadeth shirt. Um, so, yeah, that's me making fun of basic people. Um, there's going to be a lot of battle vests at the Metallica show. I bet that. There will be. And everyone's going to have like a big Metallica patch because they're on original too. <laughs> and they'll have the big, yeah, middle, middle of the jacket Metallica patch. It'll, it'll be the, the back of it will be like the, 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 the ride, the lightning cover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have an opener yet for GNR. Um, Hopefully it's Deftones again. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I don't think it's going to be, but. No, it won't. Um, you know, Metallica is obviously going out with uh, Pantera, 
Pantera, Five Finger, Wolfie, and Ice Nine Kills. Yeah, so they've got, and I think, was Wolfie just opening for, no, I, you know what? Now I can't remember. He was just opening for somebody in Europe, and I want to say it was GNR. Uh, that sounds. But now I don't know if GNR was just in Europe. I think he, well, he has been, GNR has been taking him around places. That I know. Yeah, maybe I'm just remembering that. Um, yeah, Wolfie seems to be one of those guys that doesn't get off the road. Another show, I don't know if we have tickets for it, uh, Disturbed and Breaking Benjamin. I don't summer. know. Um, um, I know that got announced. I feel like there's a third cool band on that. I can't remember. Yeah, no, there is. I, I don't know if we got tickets for that. I'll have to check with our our uh, event coordinator, see what's going on with that. But we've got, uh, we haven't gotten them yet, but we will get them for uh, Lamb of God. They're coming to town. Uh, yes, that one just got announced. I forgot. Lamb of God. Um, I think there was another cool one at the factory. Lamb of God, that's a... Uh, that's almost a, a must-see. And the one we're super excited about at the end of the summer is uh, Mastodon. Mastodon Gojira. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be a good one because we've never seen Mastodon. And Gojira is Gojira. Yeah, Gojira is awesome in, in concert. So, yeah, totally looking forward to that one. Um, so, yeah, there, there's going to be more shows come come up as well because summer. Summer, And, of yeah. course, you have Rockfest. Yes, Rockfest. And outside of Slipknot, who else is there? Pantera is there. Yeah, Pantera. Um... I don't even know who's headlining. Oh, Pantera's headlining the first night. Uh, Slipknot and Godsmack are your three headliners. That's right, Godsmack. So you're going to see them a couple times this year. Yeah, and then a couple other. Uh, I'd have to look at the lineup. So, yeah, that's I, I don't quite know. Got it. So it's going to be a busy summer. We've got uh, is. new Corey Taylor coming out. We've got other new music, I'm sure, coming out. It's going to... It'll, it'll it'll pack right up. Oh yes, there's um, just going down the the list of a few um, ones that I know in October. Nope, that's not right. Sometime this year we have the Rival Sons album. Then we all have um, this album by Stellar Circuits, who I got to see open for Chevelle in Kansas City. They're they're kind of a hardcore um, progressive blend. New album from Tiger Cub coming out soon. You got another uh, freshly new album from Jason Byler and the Baron Von Bielski Orchestra, uh, which is actually a really fun album that I, I recommend everyone listens to. The Ocean has Holocene coming out here in a couple weeks, coming May 19th. So that'll, that'll be fun. Um, then Barry Tomorrow uh, had The Seventh Sun come out a couple weeks ago, and that I've been really liking that. Um, kind of a, a modern metalcore-esque album. So new albums on the way. New albums came out. It's new albums. It's fun. Nice. All right. You got anything else? I don't think so. I'm looking for an excuse to talk about something, but I'm not finding anything. <laughs> That's all I got. Like one of those comedians on stage going, what else? What else? Um, all right. We're going to wrap it up then. So please go to our website. It's the way of rock.com. From there, you can listen to this very podcast, or you can go to our store and get yourself a t shirt and save yourself 15% with the promo code ROCK1, R O C K 1, all caps. And uh, you can also drop us a line. It's the way of rock at gmail.com. You can correct us. You can give us MacBook Mac support. Advice. <laughs> Mac advice. I, I haven't been able to turn my Mac on this entire episode. Yeah, we need to, we, we need to get off the air and figure out what's going on with Jack's computer, too. So. 
For Jack, this is Jeff, and this has been the Way of Rock podcast. Thank you.